Hello and welcome to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. Today, I'm joined by Leslie. Hello! And Greg. What's up? And we will be talking about the mid-weight kind of games that we recommend this holiday season. So we're going to be talking about some of the games that are came out within the last two years that we think are really good to you know put under the tree. Leslie, you, you get asked... Every day. Oh, <laughs> so I've just got into board games and I'm thinking maybe we should get some board games for Christmas. What should I buy? And, you know, I have a lot of defaults. Um, Small World is always on my list, even though it's not within the last two years. It's a good one for m- lots of ages. And it's a nice intro game that's not Settlers of Catan or Ticket to Ride. Yep. Yep. That everybody knows. So. Gotta break the mold. And... Hunter and I are kind of notorious in our circle of friends for introducing games and then people are going to buy them. Yep. But mm-hmm. I've also taken a lot of effort for local friends to send them to Labyrinth lately as well because yes. support yeah. your local board game store. They're great. Yeah, they love you. Yeah. And we love Labyrinth too. Well, yeah. So. Yeah, they're awesome. Very, very Hi, near Kathleen. and dear to our hearts. No. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's what's coming up. But first, we're going to go ahead and jump into some of the things that we have been playing lately. So, we haven't had you on for a little while, Leslie. What have you been playing? Okay, so we we were out of town right after Thanksgiving, and I had another opportunity to teach Spirit Island. Mm-hmm. Nice. It was good. <laughs> it reminded me why we discussed on our review <laughs> that Spirit Island is very hard to teach. Yeah, um, yeah. And it is not a game to be taught when alcohol is involved. I will just say that. Mm-hmm. I didn't even play. I just taught the game. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and everybody's like, we're very seasoned gamers. We know what we're doing. And Okay. You've, the alcohol was stronger than we had anticipated. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just recommend that, that that's a sober game. Yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> totally agree. I, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I taught it to some friends fairly recently as well, and we, the plan was to play board games and drink, and I'm very happy that we played Spirit Island before we started drinking, Yeah, <laughs> because people were already overwhelmed by it, Yeah, uh, and that I think maybe precipitated the drinking, but... Uh, <laughs> I think people didn't realize how much they had had to drink. Sure. I think that mm-hmm. was really key. But everybody wanted to play it again when they were more sober, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, Yeah, it keeps up the track record of everyone wanting to keep playing Spirit Island. Yes, Mm -hmm. true. Yeah, we've also been playing our uh, Charterstone campaign Mm -hmm. with some friends of ours. Yeah, Hunter and I play with another couple friend, Matt and Marta, and um, Matt is a like childhood friend of Hunter's, and Marta is his fiance. Uh, and she's pretty new to gaming, and it's 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 a really good actually. I think it's a good one for people who are relatively new to gaming. Okay. Um, I don't want to go too much into detail because I know you guys are going to start playing right. it here yes. soon. No spoilers. Yeah, which we will probably be doing on stream. So for people who li- who watch us, it's going to be there. Yeah, stay tuned. It's not as spoilery as like pandemic legacy like if you mm-hmm. find out some of the key things about pandemic legacy before you start playing it, it could really ruin the game yeah. um whereas i think actually with charterstone and it, because they have that recharge pack you can play it again yeah and if oh, you really? play it again yeah. yeah you can buy a recharge pack and just start over i like that yeah mm-hmm. and when i bought it for hunter i bought him the recharge pack to go with it and we actually already have planned to play it again with different friends nice, nice. Um, but if you make different decisions you could end up with a very different game but if for me, 
Charterstone is a lot like, I don't know if anybody out there has played Kingdom for Keflings on, I think it's the Xbox, um, where you kind of like, you build this building, that building turns out, you, you put logs into that building and that building turns mm-hmm. out lumber and then you put the lumber into another building and it turns mm-hmm. out other things. Sure. There's a lot of that, you know, each area sort of has its own resource that it's good at, de- at uh, on doing and there's a lot of cute humor in the thing like one of the yeah. resources pumpkins and so there's nice. of course a pumpkin spicery yes yeah. i love it this yeah. is good yeah. yeah i can't wait to play this <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna um, be fun it's it's a lot of fun and we're really enjoying it and uh i'm excited to see where it goes mm-hmm. and also this week hunter and i attempted to play uh legendary encounters firefly which mm-hmm. i have owned for like two and a half years and we haven't played because as everyone who's ever played a legendary game knows, organizing those games is kind of a beast. <laughs> and it was funny. I spent Wednesday evening organizing it while he and our friend Brian played Champions of Midgard. And, like, there's so much extra space in the box. <laughs> I had to go find foam from other boxes wow. so that the cards would stay where they belonged. Oh, wow. But then we misread some of the rules and we got annihilated. I was like, we're not this bad at games. <laughs> uh, it must be the rules that are wrong. <laughs> I think we're doing something wrong. And sure enough, like you're supposed to, you play through episodes and you're supposed to, once you've accomplished the objective from the first episode, you're supposed to clear out the cards from that episode because you've accomplished the objective. Sure. Okay. And we didn't. We kept trying to uh, fight through all of yeah. the cards. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And there's supposed to be sort of like a some kind of refresh rest in between episodes so you can like get resources. And yeah. I was like, this is escalating too too right. high. Everything too was fast. just compounding. Yeah. 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 So uh, but I'm looking forward to playing it again. Yeah. Correctly. Yeah, with the correct <laughs> rules this time. There you go. We yeah. all make mistakes. That's yeah. true. Speaking and of uh, rules woes, we had yeah. some of those on our Seafall stream. I was going to say, this is another game that uh, even though you didn't get drunk, you wanted to get drunk I, on. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we played Seafall recently on stream. And uh, if you were watching that night, I'm very sorry. Because we definitely had, I think probably cumulative across the stream, we probably had 15 minutes where we just spent on our phones on the internet trying to look up errata for rules that were yeah. confusing or corner cases or like contradictory even in some cases yeah yeah, yeah. um which was just immensely frustrating like we're getting to the point now and i i recognize that with a legacy game like seafall where you're constantly adding new rules and you're constantly adding even new mechanics Mm -hmm. uh, colonies and and all that like there there has to be a better way there has to be a way to do (laughs) it where you don't end up with things that are shorthanded that lead to ambiguity and confusion because then it's just dissatisfying for at least someone at the table when, yeah. you know, some people think that it should be read this way. Some people think that it should be read this way. And someone's going to be in a situation where they're banking on X and then it's going to come up and they're going to find out that, oh, wait a minute. Like, that's not how that works. So mm-hmm. that was it was a frustrating experience. Uh, I am definitely losing my patience with Seafall. I lost my patience the first time we played it. Yeah. <laughs> I know that hope. Like I, I was very angry after the first game that we played. I very 
vehemently talked about how I hated that the fact that you got to actually choose the the person that you were going to be playing and customizing them and all that and then end of the first game go ahead and rip them up yeah yeah that's where they lost me completely yeah. I, see mm-hmm. that wasn't like I didn't care that much about that oh well because I wasn't super invested in my character <laughs> um but like it, it's just it's gotten to the point where like when we first started having someone pull way ahead was motivating I was like, okay, I want to catch up to that person. And I want to do... And we, we had enough people who were doing sort of different things. You know, we had the people who were doing the exploration. We had the people who were doing the mercantile stuff. Yeah. Like, we had enough people who were in different lanes that I felt like I could excel at my strategy and beat someone on my own terms. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I'm just finding that that's not the case. Like, the, the, the amount of points that people are starting to get for uh, exploring new islands and for like delving tombs and shit is just like astronomical yeah and it's it's ridiculous and i mean no moral victory no (laughs) and and uh, speaking as one of the people who does the exploration and managed to end the last game with a score of four yeah tries to do the exploration i think is very important (laughs) is very important (laughs) oh jacob Even then, like you know, even though like I my like, ship is completely specced into exploration, it's it still like you know, it still frustrates the hell out of me. And it's like you know, just trying to get this one upgrade that like you know, I tried for literally like half the game or three quarters of the game to get this one upgrade to, just to have it sniped with the turn before I could get it, and like. It pretty much just like you know, at that point in the in the game, like if if you watch the vod, you'll see me just be like. All right. Well, there's literally no point for me to be here right now. I oh. could just have literally walked away, and there would have been no difference in what happened in the game. That's not a good feeling. And yeah. so it's just like it's that kind of thing where I just felt completely helpless, completely useless for that entire game, and also got completely demolished. And now yeah. I'm in last place by quite a bit. So yeah, uh, it, it's just. The people who are enjoying the game currently are the two people who are first and second place. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes sense, but it, it's just, it's the game that I would definitely not play again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know one person who had a Spyfall campaign that they enjoyed, but they had to really look for the enjoyment in it, too. Yeah. So, I also think that, well, it's just different styles of gameplay because, like, I mean, both Greg and I, for sure, love to play games where we are not fucking each other over by right. destroying other yeah, people's we're ships not very and cut stealing through. things and, and, you know, attacking Shocker. harbors and doing all that kind of stuff. That's just not how we play. So yeah. it's, it's the people that like to do that kind of stuff that are really into the game. Right? Yeah, and that's not my game style either. Yeah. Um, I have Unfair, which I backed on Kickstarter and was really excited about and I don't know why because it's called unfair <laughs> yeah. and it's all about making the gameplay unfair for other people and I I'm seriously considering like trading for it because I don't ever find myself wanting to play it for the same reason yeah yeah exactly yeah just not interested you know we'll see what the future holds because I, I am I will say this I do really enjoy the plot like I like what they're doing with uh, I'm gonna try to avoid spoilers but uh, like i like what they're doing with the pirate king and with the society mm-hmm. yeah like i think those are really interesting and i'm interested to see about what happens when we sort of explore the end of the map but i, I almost i almost would rather read like a novelization 
of Seafall than play through this campaign. Anymore, <laughs> yeah, so. exactly, exactly. Or like have it be. Honestly, it would be interesting to have Seafall be a, a cooperative game where you're just trying to explore things and like find how all these things work together and be like you know one nation and each of you just controls different ships that are trying to do this. Right. Like, I, I actually think campaign games are better when they're cooperative. Yeah. Charterstone yeah. is not, mm-hmm. but it's also not directly competitive. Like yeah. you're competing for who gets the most points at the end of the day, right? Yeah. But you're not like it's pretty hard to screw people over. It's a work sure. replacement game. Yeah, you kind of yeah. you just stay in your lane and everybody's like, "Okay, I see you doing you over there." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I might fine. take this right when you need it, but, you know, that's about as far as I can get. <laughs> right. I mean, you might take somebody's card, but even if you want to take the same action somebody else has taken, yeah. You can do that. No. Oh, well. They just get their worker back so they don't have to reclaim their worker. Interesting. I think that that's similar to the gallerist. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that or um, it reminds me a little bit of like the keeper turndown mechanic. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I so. think that's increasingly popular yeah. in uh, in worker placements these days. So. Yeah. But either way, I'm very excited about uh, yeah. Charterstone once we start playing it. So. Well, there you have it. That's a look at what we've been playing. All right, it's time to dive into our midweight gift guides, and there's nothing more that I enjoy than gifting at Christmas and all yep. year, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love picking out the right thing for the right person. It just brings me such great joy. So I'm very excited to share this list with you. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, the first game that I'm going to uh, jump in with is a game called Discover. So Discover is a new cooperative game from Fantasy Flight, which uses a system, which I forget what they they call it exactly, but pretty much each game is procedurally created. So they have certain elements like packed together and then they, they use an algorithm to put it together into a box that has a very unique mixture of elements. So you would have, or, or you would get two of the three terrain types and you have, I think it's, tundra plains and i think some kind of forest or jungle and then uh you would get six i believe out of the 32 or 12 out of the 32 characters Mm -hmm. and and then you know you start you you get the first terrain put it out create the map which is created out of tiles uh, of that terrain type and you have five scenarios in each box you start with two that are from each terrain type and then one that combines the two and each one has a different goal that you're doing that you get through all different kinds of exploration, pretty much. And I got to play it, one of the games, and it was a lot of fun. And I could see how it would work really well as like a game that everyone has a slightly different version, right. which is pretty cool, I think. Uh, so, you know, this could be gifted to two different people in a gr- game group and they could still have completely different experiences. With right. It. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, unique is a very popular buzzword when you talk about gifting. Yeah. And, and this is literally unique. I mean, you know, maybe someone somewhere in the country has, yeah. you know, the same copy as you. But in terms of small sample size, yeah, totally unique game experience. Uh, it sounds super fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've really, I liked uh, playing it, so uh, I highly recommend that this season. 
All right. My first one on the list, I'm going to talk about Palace of Mad King Ludwig. We talked mm-hmm. about this on uh, the podcast before. I'm excited to try that one. I, lo- I love it. I think it's great. I think it captures a lot of the same excitement as the sort of predecessor castles of Mad mm-hmm. King Ludwig. But I think the elements that it brings, the new elements where you're sort of working on a single palace all together and completing each other's rooms introduce just such a fantastic layer of strategic depth where you have to be thinking about okay well what's the advantage to me if i place this room here does that you know what benefit does that get me does that complete their room like am i willing to do that how much is that going to advance the moat so there's so many extra things that you're considering even with sort of the reduced complexity of the rooms themselves because they're strictly squares instead of you know multiple sizes but i think they did an excellent job translating the feel really the heart of castles into a like a a game in which multiple players lay tiles into a single tableau so if you're looking for some great very colorful as well which i mean is attractive for some people like good art it's true it's true so uh if you're looking for a great fun colorful gift uh this holiday season you can't go wrong with palace of mad king ludwig awesome Mm -hmm. i think i could not have a midway game list without recommending Illimat. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, of course, did our board game Bistro on Illimat. So if you buy it and are not sure how to play, we have tools for you. Yeah. Um, yep. check, check out our out. video. <laughs> um, yep. But it's a great game to play with people who are newer to gaming because the cards look like normal playing cards, mm-hmm. although they yep. are a little bit different. They mm-hmm. are a little less intimidating and like all of the, you know, the box has all of the words and rules and stuff on it and Mm -hmm. once you figure out the the little quirks it's pretty easy yeah yeah Um, definitely so it's a lot of fun and it's very accessible i think for lots of ages and lots of um i could see playing it with your grandparents i could see playing it with you know Mm-hmm. seven-year-old so um i think that's a, a great game and you know you can pretend you're part of a secret society which is always fun exactly so, totally agree yeah uh next up we have uh, space-based this was a game that uh was recommended to me at origins and i played it and i bought it uh so <laughs> sounds about right yeah pretty much it's the better version of Machikoro, pretty much yeah. in space so if you like that type of dice rolling kind of game where, you know, you on your turn roll your dice and that determines what you activate and what you get, but you want something a little bit more stable than Machikoro where like, you know, you can just, you could get just completely screwed by whatever card draws you have or other things that come out and whatever die rolls you have. Space Base really does that. You can potentially get something on anyone's die roll whatever they roll like you can set yourself up in a great situation where whatever anyone rolls you are getting something you might be getting something better and some uh, sometimes but in general it's that kind of game where it's like all right you know i'm rolling i get some some better benefit because it's my turn but then everyone else at the table still gets a benefit and it plays up to five people so it's it's fun for that as well it's very light very quick and actually pretty easy to explain in general it's you roll a dice and you get the benefits from the cards uh, that match those dice boom there you go pretty straightforward it's a lot of fun really quick nice dice rolling game if that's the type of game that you are looking for 
That's right. Next on the list is Warsaw City of Ruins. Warsaw is a, a tile-laying game, two to four players. You are essentially building different districts within the city of Warsaw. So you're going to be laying tiles that have synergies with one another. You're going to try to put residential districts next to parks and also commercial districts. Uh, you're going to try to make sure that the industrial districts are away from the residential districts. A lot of those sort of standard tiling, city building mechanics. But you've got a lot of really unique mechanics going on with Warsaw. So you you are basically playing through history. So you've got multiple eras, which means you're going to run into the world wars. So you've got this really interesting mechanic where you have to destroy a segment of your city to represent sort of the, the destruction wrought by these world wars, which kind of forces you to be like, oh no, my perfect engine that I was relying on every turn to get me tons of points. And you're going to do that twice throughout the game. So that's that's a really interesting mechanic. You've also got this cool overbuilding mechanic. You know, mm-hmm. Warsaw is a city with a lot of history. So the fact that you're taking tiles from, you know, some an era that might be like the 50s and building literally over top of a tile that you placed back in, you know, the Roman era is I, I think fairly accurate. I mean, I'm not yeah. a city planner, nor am I Polish, but uh, <laughs> like I think that's pretty true to life is that you've got to sort of build on the foundations and the ruins of what came before. So a lot of theme there, a uh, lot of really interesting cultural references, cultural landmarks. Yeah. And I think Warsaw is really just a fun, solid tile laying game for two to four players. Awesome. Well, next up, I have Reef. Reef mm-hmm. came out this year at Origins. And I think, again, it's a great game that can be played with lots and lots of ages. Yeah, the yeah. game, when you look at it, and this kind of, for me, initially was a little bit of a turnoff. It looks like Fisher-Price toys. It yeah. really does. But I think that once you get into it, it has some, you know, you can create kind of a complex engine mm-hmm. with your cards. And it definitely introduces some more complex gameplay in a very non-threatening sort of basic way yeah. Um, and can help kind of bridge that gap from a newer gamer to something a little bit more complex um, engine building. So I definitely, I, everyone who's come to me lately, I've definitely been recommending Reef, particularly for those who, like my friend who has a seven-year-old who Yeah, wanted, yeah that's perfect. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, absolutely. That was a, a great option, so... Yeah. Reef. And it plays pretty quickly, too. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's a pretty quick game. The, the pieces, they, they look a little bit like the Fisher-Price stuff, but they actually feel really nice in the hand, too. It's the kind of things that are like, just the feel of the game is pretty cool. It, in fairness, Fisher-Price does have pretty good quality yeah. toys. <laughs> True. It just felt, you know, it looks a little bit childlike yeah. at first. And then you start going, mm-hmm. oh, well, actually, there's kind of yeah, it's a deceptive. different... It's, it's deceptively complex, but yet also mm-hmm. simple. And there's some there's a certain kind of beauty in that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go for now one that is one of my favorite themes, and that is a whistle stop. <laughs> so... Trains. Trains. Exactly. Rail games. So if you have someone who is interested in trains or uh, train games of that sort... Even just someone who's not much of a gamer, this is a pretty good game for someone like that because it's actually not that complex where a lot of train games you have, like, you get really punished by, like, you know, the um, uh, the building mechanics or, like, the stock mechanics. This one is a lot more just, you know, uh, almost like 
I would compare this, like, you know, where you have the, 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 the really advanced model train sets that, like, you know, you have to build the terrain and that kind of stuff, as compared to the wooden train sets that you have when you're five. I that, would, that, that would be like the, <laughs> the like comparison I think between like the a lot of the heavier train games and Whistle Stop, where this is like an aesthetic, like you've got all the pastels, you've got like a lot easier in terms of like how everything works and fits together, but it's still a ton of fun because you're like building the map as it is, and like you know your 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 tracks are gonna go some crazy different ways, where yeah. it's like you know oh you're gonna go like up down left right and then end up like in a in the spot in the same column that you started in, and you get to move them a certain amount per turn but you still have some strategic depth in there based on like one of the things that is not very common in many of these kinds of games is that like you actually get a penalty if you land somewhere without having the good that you need Mm -hmm. and i think that that actually really adds to just how you play it because you have to be really careful to not accidentally uh, send your train in in a course that way without like having the right things or you'll actually lose points so yeah yeah it's a really fun kind of train game and keep your eyes out soon because we're gonna we're gonna have a board game bistro of it if uh you would like to help someone learn how to play yeah. yeah, coming up pretty soon. I really like Whistle Stop, it, but it also reminds me of this game. And this is, I'm dating myself a little bit, but uh, I had this game on my first computer on a Commodore 64 that was Donald Duck managing rails. And you had to like pull the switch mm-hmm. for the right, so that the right color train was going to go to the right place to pick up the right thing. And, sure. and it really like resonated, reminded me of that, even though it's, it's very different yeah. than that. Yeah, but yeah. like, it gave me that same feel of I have to make the train go this way so I can check this box. And you yeah. know, obviously on the computer, it was a little bit of more of like, okay, the train, I have to wait till the train passes the stop and then jump sure, in. The and, timing element. Yeah. yeah. So there was a definitely a timing element because it was Mm-hmm. going on but right yeah yeah but yeah it, it brought back a little bit of nostalgia for me that's super fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> next one for me i'm gonna go ahead and recommend azul this is a game that got a lot of attention for being absolutely gorgeous uh, and i think that was very well deserved uh, yes. azul it's is, so pretty it's yeah. well, and it's so fascinating because it's a game with a very distinctive theme you know you're you're basically constructing a mosaic but for all that, it it is very abstract in terms of how it plays. Yeah. You're you're basically just taking these different colored tiles, you're putting them into this five by five square, and you're trying to make uh, a pattern that scores you points, and that that's all there is to it. And so, I mean, I guess the fact that mosaic is sort of an abstract art form helps uh, make it both an abstract and a theme. But Azul is another one that is absolutely gorgeous, really fun, really interesting, sort of. Not quite spatial gameplay, but definitely pattern building. Uh, so if you're the type of person or if your game group really enjoys games where you have to be thinking about what sort of uh, patterns you're trying to construct, how you might get there because of the way that the sort of the tile taking mechanic works, you're kind of thinking two or three moves ahead. You're trying to think of, okay, well, what colors do I still need? What's the best way to get those while also denying my opponent the opportunity to end the game? Azul is an excellent option uh, for anyone who's into those sorts of things. And it's also uh, fairly quick to play. Uh, Sort of medium weight in terms of the concepts, in terms of the mechanics involved, but pace of play and overall game length, quite quick. Yeah, I'm excited to see the new version of it too. Yeah. Uh, The stained glass. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, I expect that to be just as gorgeous. Yeah. I don't know the gameplay, how that's going to be different, but... 
I also have to mention that I uh, someone came to me and they said, I you know, I really like Azul and Sagrada, which is another abstract game, and what are other games that I can play? And I was like, oh, it sounds like you like abstract games. And they were like, no, I have a seven-year-old. These I can't play abstract games. So it's important to remember that we use different terminology in board game <laughs> lands that abstract can mean something different to us. And, yeah, we had an entire know. panel on that, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah board we, game did. Terminology we did. We did. Yeah. yeah, you can check that out on our website. Right. <laughs> Self-plug. <laughs> yep. All right, I think that leaves me with Century Eastern Wonder, not Eastern Market, as we love to call it. Um, Always. (laughs) I know that uh, Jacob and Greg talked about Century Spice Road on uh, the previous list, and I definitely think that's a little bit lighter of a game. It's Century Spice Road is the, oh, we have 15, 20 minutes, what are we going to play? Century Spice Road. Um, Eastern Wonder is a little bit longer, a little bit more involved you've got the board that lays out a little bit different every time and the different spices on the board that you have yeah. to go collect and the little markets that you have to build it's been a little bit since i've played it actually but um and being that it has markets in it and that there's a place called eastern market in dc we always <laughs> call it century spice eastern market which is not all at all what it's called century Eastern Wonder. Yeah. Um, well, and the worst worst part of that is that there is a spice market in Eastern Market in DC. <laughs> Not only that, but there's also a board game store. So you know, it's you also think about true. board games, so. it's just it's, also, it's, it t- all takes up that same part of our plan brains. B games. You're just out to get us. Um, anyway, it's it's a really really good game, and uh, I actually genuinely enjoy it when you combine. Century Eastern Wonder with Century Spice Road, which yeah. you can do mm-hmm. um, using the cards as a mechanism to, as opposed to taking an action to move across the board, you can spend cards as opposed to spending spices. And you can actually, you know, when you're playing that way, kind of zip all the way across the mm-hmm. board pretty yeah. quickly. And I actually think it has potential to speed up the game just a little bit. So, and I'm excited to see what the the third game in that trilogy is as well. Oh, totally. So I'm really very, looking forward to it, yeah. You can combine all three yeah. at that point That'll as be well. interesting. That'll be sure. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and definitely, definitely if you like Century Spice Road, I would highly recommend checking out Century Eastern Wonder, though they are very different games. Yeah. The they theme are. is very yeah. similar, but the, the gameplay is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have not yet come out with a Golem edition of Eastern <laughs> Wonders. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they will? I think I, I don't know. So. I, I I hope that even if they don't do it for uh, Eastern Wonders, I hope that they do something for Century, like you know, Golem Edition. Maybe they'll do a slightly different mechanics or something like that. Yeah. That would make more sense for the Golems. Yeah. But um, but I really hope that they do because it is. Uh, I have the Golem Edition, right. and I like the Golem Edition more than I like the base, the Spice Road, and so I feel like I would. I, I'm like losing out if i don't have the base because i can't use that to combine with eastern right. uh, wonders or anything like that so hopefully they do but I, we'll see i do really like the art in the golem edition but i mean it kind of ran into the same issue golem edition came out and we already had century spice road because we bought yeah. it at origins when it came mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and i just couldn't justify buying the exact same game yeah, yeah. with a different art style yeah as yeah, much as sense. i do enjoy the art and the pretty little crystals yeah that exactly. you get to collect they're pretty great yeah mm-hmm. they're so pretty yeah well there you have it that is a quick look at the uh mid-level games that we would recommend this holiday season if you have a gamer that is looking for a new game or you think that they would like uh, a game as a gift 
those are our recommendations for the games that are, you know, played usually within an hour or so and are still very easy to pick up and are complex enough to be enjoyed by many different levels of gamers. Thank you everyone for joining us on this episode of Dragon's Demise. We hope that you enjoyed it and that you found it very helpful. Tune in on Wednesday this week for a stream of Massive Darkness. No Friday stream. As we get into the holidays, we're going to be baking cookies and buying gifts of our own, all those sorts of things. But we will uh, still have a couple of more Wednesday streams for the rest of the year. Shout out, as always, to our Greater Wham patrons. A huge thank you to Casey, Carissa, Hunter, and Sam. We really, really appreciate your generosity and your support. We also appreciate the support of all of our patrons and really all of our listeners. Uh, Hi, Drew. <laughs> including Drew. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we love you. We love that you love what we do. Uh, and thank you all so, so much. Quick plug, if you're not a patron yet and would like to be, head on over to our Patreon. There's some really interesting, really great rewards. You get some exclusive content. Uh, once we reach our, our first goal, you'll be able to vote on one of our reviews each month. So if you want a little bit more input on the on the podcast, which will always remain free, so no worries there, head on over to patreon.com slash dragonsdemise. And finally, join us next week for our final gift guide of the season, The Heavyweights. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody.